Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. So glad that you have joined us. It's such a uh, wonderful thing that you've taken time. Uh, we just are so grateful to be with you. Welcome, all of you who joined us online. Uh, and, you know, one of my favorite things about Christmas, I don't know about you, but is all the Christmas lights. Uh, can you relate? I mean, you usually see lights going up around Thanksgiving, lights on trees, lights in the windows, and then outside the homes and, and the businesses. And uh, have you seen this guy's house from Mickleton, New Jersey? Uh, Steve Hardball recreated his own Clark Griswold house. Check it out from the classic movie National Lapoon Christmas Vacation. Man, this guy, he went all out. I mean, he has Clark hanging off the roof guttering, trying to hang Christmas lights uh, on his house. He, he has an old station wagon uh, out front uh, that has the, the Griswold Christmas tree on top of the roof, and they just kind of pulled it out by the roots. And, and then he even went out and bought this old RV. And so you can see Cousin Eddie pumping sewage out on his front yard. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, have you ever wondered why and how, or how and why Christmas lights got started? Uh, back in the late 1800s, no one was really buying many Christmas lights. I mean, at that time in history, there were still some homes that didn't have electricity, but that wasn't the main preventative. Uh, even when electricity was made uh, readily available, people thought that electric lights were too much of a fire hazard. So they stuck to using candles. <laughs> and I know that sounds backwards, like backwards thinking to us, but it, and it wasn't until 1894 when P President Cleveland featured a Christmas tree uh, lit up with Christmas lights at a White House function that it actually started catching on. But still, that, that doesn't answer the question, why? Why is Christmas so deeply tied to the concept of lights and warm fireplaces and candles? Well, the main reason is because light is a major theme in the Bible. Did you know that? I mean, we see the theme of light and darkness all through the scriptures. And... Light played an important part even in that very first Christmas 2,000 years ago. And the, the Bible says that it was a bright light from the angels and the radiance of the Lord's glory that announced to the shepherds that, that first Christmas to go to Bethlehem and, and to see the Christ child. It was a bright light from a star in the sky. How many of you saw the Christmas uh, star this week? Anybody? Uh, it was that bright star in the sky, that light that guided the wise men to go and to worship the Christ child as well. Um, the first commandment that God ever gave in creation was let there be light. And then in 1 John, John tells us that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. So 
this is the very reason for Christmas, folks. Christmas lights are more than just decorations. They serve as symbols for us that light has entered into our world on Christmas and that there is no darkness in him at all. That's what John is saying there. In other words, God is good all the time and there is no evil in him. You know, 800 years before John made that statement, uh, there was another man named Isaiah who prophesied, and Isaiah said this. He said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. There's that word again. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, 800 years after that prophecy, a little baby was born in Bethlehem, the light of the world. And when Jesus grew up, John saw him, he heard him, he met him, he began to follow him. In fact, John was so convinced that this is the Son of God that he was willing to give his life, to die a martyr's death, defending that. And so it was John who wrote these words in John 1. He said, he said eternal life is in him, and this life gives light to all mankind. His life is, is the light that shines through the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the Christmas message is clear. In our darkness, light has come. And I don't think any of us could have predicted how dark 2020 would turn out to be, you know, with all the civil unrest and violence and the COVID-19 pandemic, the controversial presidential election, and even with family and friends, uh, the, the division that's taken place in many families even, it's been a pretty dark year. You know, there's a lot of people in our country who lost jobs, who lost loved ones, and perhaps most tragically of all, lost or almost lost hope. Um, and maybe you're walking and experiencing some of that darkness in your life here tonight. You know, it may be a conflict in a relationship. It may be uh, that you're experiencing deep disappointment or a loss or loneliness. Or maybe it's, it's uh, stress that's got on you and, and anxiety and, and just uh, you've been bound by fear or feelings of depression and despair. You know, there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of darkness in this world that we live, and yet the whole message of Christmas, don't miss it, it's about how light can defeat any darkness in your life and in my life. Christmas is about how Christ has triumphed over evil and how hope is able to defeat despair. That's what Christmas is about. Here's a verse to memorize this Christmas. I love it. Psalm 23, 4. 
Even though I go through the deepest darkness, I will not be afraid, Lord, for you are with me. Isn't that beautiful? Folks, this is what Christmas is about. The gift of Jesus, God's Son, the light of the world, has come to us so that we could experience light over darkness. And the birth of Jesus, I mean, just it's a declaration of war and victory over darkness. That's what it's about. And so he is light. He's a light that cannot be overcome by any darkness. And darkness doesn't stand a chance for those of us who would choose to follow him, the scriptures tell us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And check this out. If you follow me, he said, you won't be stumbling through the darkness. For living light will flood your path. Isn't that beautiful? This is the testimony that every, of every person who was on stage a while ago uh, flipping that card over. Uh, it's a story of every person who's ever experienced God's transformational work and power in, the, in their life. I was once blind, but now I see. You know, I, I, was, I was blind walking in spiritual darkness, but now I see. Now I've experienced a great light that lives in me. Christ Jesus, the light of the world. You know, Jesus knows all about darkness, and he knows all about our darkness. And in fact, that's why he went to the cross, the Bible says. During the last three hours of Jesus' death on the cross, the Bible says an eerie darkness came over the land. And all that's documented in the Gospels with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And for three hours and, until the death of Jesus, there was a darkness that came on the earth. And that darkness represented our sin, you and I. Jesus bearing your sin and my sin and the sins of the world. And it showed the depth of God's love for you and I. I mean, Romans 5a says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us on the cross while we were still sinners. Have you ever wondered what in the world would motivate Jesus to voluntarily die such a horrible, dark death like he did for us on the cross? Well... He did it out of love. He did it out of love for you. And he did it so that you and I could be forgiven. If you've ever wondered how much God loves you, all you got to do is look at the cross and his arms stretched out and he says, I love you this much. I love you this much. If you've ever wondered how valuable you are to God, all you have to do is look at the cross. The baby came for the purpose of going to the cross. What determines a, per, uh, a person's value or worth? Well, when you think of the value of something, uh, of what it's worth, it's worth whatever someone is willing to pay for it, right? Well, the Bible says you have been bought and paid for by Christ. <laughs> if that doesn't excite you, then nothing will this Christmas, you know? That Jesus, God's son, paid for you uh, with his life on the cross, which means you're a great worth and value. I love that one of the cards up here that, you know, now my identity is in him. Uh, which uh, That eerie darkness surrounding Jesus' death on the cross 
it was all about the darkness in our hearts, in my heart and yours. And so tonight, uh, it, it, it's pretty common knowledge, isn't it, that human beings were pretty un- imperfect. Anybody feel imperfect around here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of us don't live up to our own standard, uh, uh, much less God's perfect, holy standard, the Bible says. But it takes a humble person to recognize the seriousness of our sin. And it takes a humble person to say, you know what, I am just spiritually bankrupt and I need God. I need the light of the world to come into my dark heart. The Apostle Paul understood this when he said, all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. Why did Jesus have to die on that dark death on the cross? Because our sin the Bible says, separates us from God. And someone had to pay for the penalty of our sin. But the only one who could pay for the penalty of our sin is someone who was perfect, someone without sin. And the only one who's ever walked this earth that's been perfect is the perfect Lamb of God, Jesus, God's Son, the perfect Lamb of God. Jesus, the perfect sacrificial Lamb, died in our place, the Bible says, and in that dark moment, the sins of all the people, all our sins were put on Jesus. Can you imagine the darkness of that weight of that sin? He became our substitute and the one who least deserved it voluntarily took on our sin and went to the cross for us. The good news this Christmas is this, that light dispels darkness. The forgiveness of sin has been made available to everyone. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never invited him to be Lord of your life, the good news is he wants to take away your darkness. He wants to take away and, uh, the guilt and free, and free you from that guilt and he wants to give you a new life and Christmas is for anyone who would say God I'm not perfect and I'll never be perfect but I have decided to live for you and to put my faith and trust in you and to follow you most people think well if I'm ever going to be made right with God then I've got to earn my way to heaven you know I got to do these good works and earn my way uh, make it right just by myself but that's not even biblical In fact, there's no way you can earn your way to heaven. The truth is you can't save yourself. You you can't earn it. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, he says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You see, saving is all his idea and all his work. It's got to be his work, not ours. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. And it's God's gift from start to finish. Amen? All right. So no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you think you've strayed, no matter how bad you think you've screwed up, the Bible says if you put your faith and trust in Christ, he'll forgive you of that darkness that you feel in your heart and your past, that shame. And you can become a part of of what the Bible calls the family of God. The very reason that you exist 
and you're sucking air tonight is because God wanted you in his family. He wants to adopt you in his family. And uh, some of you are like, are you telling me, Pastor, that not everybody is a child of God? That's exactly what I'm telling you. God loves everybody, and he's provided a way for everybody through his son, but you've got to choose to be in God's family. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, let me introduce you to a life-changing prayer here. It's in Romans 10.9, and we'll put it up there for you. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that's putting him first in your life, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It makes no difference who you are. God invites sin-filled people, messed up, junk up people. <laughs> Aren't you grateful? He, he, he just invites mistake-making people. He invites grace-needing people, hurting people, broken people. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, how bad you messed up. God's arms are stretched wide open for you today, this Christmas, ready to forgive. <laughs> That's the good news of the gospel. He's ready to put his light in you and give you new heart. And if you want God and you're ready to do as he says, the invitation is wide open for you to receive the light of the world into your life. The Bible says, choose you this day who you will serve. You've got to choose. You've got to make a decision. You've got to choose to put your faith and trust in him. Look at John 12. Jesus said, I have come as a, there it is again, a light to shine in this dark world so that who? That all who put their trust in me, Jesus said, will no longer wander in darkness. So in closing here, just a holy moment. I'm just going to invite you to bow your head with me. Would you do that right now? Just nobody looking around. Just a holy moment. If you'd like to be made right with God, just pray this simple prayer with me. Just in your mind, in your heart, say, Jesus, thank you for providing a way out of spiritual darkness. I believe you came to die for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I really believe that. I'm not perfect, and I could never be perfect. But today, I humble myself before you, and I say without your covering, without what you did for me on that cross, on that dark night on the cross, I could never stand right before a holy God. So as a profession of my faith, I'm taking this next step and I want to live my life for you. So thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for adopting me into your family. I make you my Lord and I follow you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, hey, we've got another wonderful tradition around here. I love these traditions. I wish we had Christmas every Sunday. Uh, but uh, one of these traditions, let me get my, I didn't have an extra pocket to even put it in. I'd like to ask you to stand and everybody take out their cell phone, all right? Everybody stand and take out your cell phone. And what I'm about to ask you is going to take guts because some of you maybe never done this before, and that is profess your faith in front of others. 
And so what I'm asking you takes guts. If you prayed that prayer with me, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I want you to take your cell phone and turn on the flashlight mode right now and hold it up high all over the auditorium. Hold it up high. Lights go down. I acknowledge, I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord in my life. I'm not ashamed to be a Christ follower. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And this is a picture of what's happened to me tonight. Hey, look around, people. Look at, let's just celebrate right now. Amen? <laughs> now, everybody else who believes that Jesus is the light of the world, if you're a believer in Christ, you take your phone, you join the rest of them. Let's turn our light on. Okay, let me find my, there we go. And we're gonna sing it together. He came to the cross, the baby to the cross, the light of the world, so we might have life. Let's sing it together. Crown in the manger, born for the cross, to suffer, to save. Amen.